What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are here to talk about the blockbuster trade that just went down yesterday. Kyrie Irving had requested a trade, what was it, Friday, Saturday, one of those days, not too long ago. And Brooklyn, they're like, all right, you want to go? We want to get rid of you? Let's make it happen. And Dallas, they were the winner of the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes. They were able to acquire Kyrie Irving for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, 2029, unprotected first-round pick, and I believe two second-round picks to go along with. I'll get the specifics in a moment here. But, you know, that's a big move when you talk about Dallas. It's a a move that says to Luka Doncic, we're committed. We want to see you stay here. We want to see you be able to win. We're getting you help. People have been clamoring to get Luka Doncic help, especially after losing Jalen Brunson to the New York Knicks in free agency. Now Luka has a partner in crime. And for Brooklyn, you know, what does that really mean for Kevin Durant? Is Kevin Durant, is it his time to request a trade? Is he going to be the last cog of that, you know, big three era that lasted all but, what, a few years in Brooklyn? Is he the last piece to finally say, all right, I'm out of here. And he requested trade for the second time, mind you, in his Brooklyn tenure. A lot to unpack here, so we're going to be talking about the trade, we're going to talk about what that means for Brooklyn, what that means for Dallas, and what that means for the rest of the league. I'm excited. Let's get into it. Okay, so let's get to the official trade details before we get into anything else. I mentioned before, Kyrie Irving, also in that trade from the Brooklyn side, heading over to Dallas. Markeith Morris. Brooklyn is receiving from Dallas. Spencer Dinwiddie. Dorian Finney-Smith. A 2027 second round pick. A 2029 first round pick that is unprotected. That'll be huge. And then 2029 second round pick as well. So... For Kyrie Irving, let's just start with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, he requested a trade. I'm not going to rehash what I was saying last episode when we talked about the initial trade request and how, you know, I I don't want to get too deep into that, how he had a winning team right there in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant was going to come back, and then they were probably going to be a top three team in the East when it was all said and done. Having said that, you know, there were worse situations to go to if you're Kyrie Irving. The Lakers, obviously, was a team that really coveted him. Obviously, we know the relationship between him and LeBron James. They won a championship in Cleveland. They may have won more if it wasn't for Kevin Durant joining Golden State. That's how talented some of those Cleveland Cavaliers team were. teams were. When you talk about Kyrie, LeBron, just that duo alone. You talk about the shooting, J.R. Smith, Shumper, Channing Frye getting in there, Richard Jefferson. They had a talented core around them. Kyrie Irving showed that he can be a winner at a high level. He could be an all-NBA type guard in this league. And over the years, despite all the controversy, despite all the -the off-the-court things that have transpired where people seemingly think Kyrie is a problem child now, 
it he's been able to show that he's an all-world talent, which a lot of people knew. And at least for, what, 30-ish games this year, outside of the, the terrible stretch and early on in the season with all the problems off the court, he's shown that, yes, he's a top-five guard in this league. He's a top-20, 20, 25 player, maybe even top-15, depending on the day, player in this league with so much talent, so much de- uh, an array of talented dudes, Hall of Famers left and right. Kyrie Irving is one of those Hall of Fame players. Make no mistake about that. And for Kyrie to not end up with the Lakers, a team that is 13th in the West right now, who, although Anthony Davis, you know, he's been in and out the lineup when he was playing, the Lakers were, oh, is this something? Are the Lakers going to break out and become a fringe playing team? Even though LeBron's doing amazing things, well, most likely pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for that store scoring record. Be the all-time leading scorer in the NBA history. Give LeBron all the flowers, all the credit. This team doesn't look like they're going anywhere. The Lakers, you know, the, the problems early in the season, they still remain. Not not great shooting team. Scoring, you know, shout out to LeBron for doing the amazing that he's doing. Without Anthony Davis, there's no chance that they even make it to the play-in. Is what it's looking like. LeBron can get high all he wants. Maybe they make it to the play-in by some miracle. Some teams lose. Lakers get a little bit of a hot streak. At the end of the day, they just weren't, aren't good enough. And if Kyrie went there, sure, you know, they they would be a playing team. Maybe get out the plan. Be a tough first round out for Denver, Memphis, whoever they ended up facing. Kings, maybe. But... That option wasn't the most desirable place. And you have the Clippers. The Clippers were another interesting situation. One of the better situations, I might add, Clippers right now are are fourth in the Western Conference. And for the Clippers, they're getting health back. Health has always been their issue. They're going to need to get more consistency. He, Kyrie, would have helped them immensely offensively. They're a bottom third team offensively. Top 10 team defensively, so you're adding a guard that can give you 30 on any given night to that roster with a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Vitya Zubak. Would have been interesting to see the package. Uh, I would imagine maybe a a Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, some of the, that wing depth that the Clippers have. That probably would have been the package going over there. I've heard reports that... Uh, Phoenix, Phoenix was interested. It was a Kyrie Irving, I mean, sorry, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and a few picks for Kyrie. That would be interesting to see Kyrie and Devin Booker backcourt. And then, you know, there was some other Miami here and there, you know, but but the trade that happened was Dallas. And for the Dallas Mavericks, I like this trade. I don't love it, but I like it. And here's why I like this trade from the Dallas perspective. After losing Jalen Brunson to the New York Knicks in the offseason, a lot of people were were questioning, okay, yes, we know that the the history with the Knicks and Brunson, his pops is over there, family, all that stuff. But why can't you get a, one, get a marquee guy in free agency that's been the thing for the longest time. Even going back to the Dirk Nowitzki era, they've never really been able to attract that 
marquee name to Dallas. And then now that you're losing a potential all-star, I believe Jalen Brunson should have been an all-star this year, but that's for another discussion. You're losing an all-star caliber point guard in Jalen Brunson for nothing. And now you have Luka sitting here. Granted, he is a special, special talent that can single-handedly will his team into the playoffs, potentially even win a first-round series by himself. Hell, maybe even a second-round series by himself. That's how talented Luka Doncic is as a talent, as a floor general, as a facilitator, as a scorer. The list goes on and on. He can do everything on a basketball court, on an offensive end, at an elite level, an all-time great level. But everybody needs help. And I wouldn't, I've been on the record saying it, I wouldn't be surprised if Luka Doncic one of these years puts on a LeBron 07, wills his team to the finals despite his teammates not being the best, not being all-star caliber, just the greatness of him by himself leading his team to the finals. Now, at least for the season as we speak right now, 2022-2023 NBA season, Luka Doncic has a partner in crime that is a legitimate all-star, a legitimate all-NBA player in Kyrie Irving, who's playing for a contract. That's what's happening here. Remember, Kyrie Irving this summer will be a free agent. A lot of the speculation on why Kyrie requested a trade was because of contract extensions and how the Nets refused to give him the type of money that he wanted, the amount of years that he was coveting and that quite frankly at least on the court he deserved so now Kyrie is coming into a situation in Dallas where he's going to have to find spots in the offense because obviously this is a Mavericks system that is Luka predicated even when Jalen Brunson was there it was very much Luka predicated until he went on the bench then Brunson can run the show I'm curious to see how that works out, if it's going to be a lot of your turn, my turn with Kyrie and Luka. Kyrie has proven to be an excellent shooter, being able to play off the ball, running sets, all that stuff. His ability to cut, his ability to finish at the rim, spot up, shooting for three. He's proven that he can do all of that during his time with the Cleveland Cavaliers playing with LeBron James. So I see no reason why this situation wouldn't work out and pay great dividends for the Dallas Mavericks. You talk about who's who's in front of them right now in the Western Conference. You have Phoenix, you have the Clippers, you have the Kings, you have the Grizzlies, and the Nuggets at the number one spot. None of those teams are surefire bets to win it all, to win the West at least. I'm not confident in any one of those teams saying, all right, Dallas cannot beat them in a seven-game series. Now, I know we haven't even seen them play a game. I know defense, people love to question this team's defense, which, you know, looking at the stats, I, I can see where that may come from. Let's just talk about last year for a second. Last year with a very similar roster, the Dallas Mavericks, they were seventh. Uh, excuse me, six, I lied, six in defensive efficiency, defensive rating, 109.4 for six in the NBA. 
This season, their defensive rating is now 24th in the NBA, 115.4. But look at the opponent's points per game, 112 for 8th in the NBA. So take that with a grain of salt. If you believe the points per game means more than defensive rating, I'm going to skew a bit more towards the points per game in this case. But either way, you know, their defense, some nights it can be great. Some nights it can be subpar. And that's just how it is on any given night when you don't have the defensive players that a team like, let's say, Boston has or Cleveland has with all the size, length, and the interior for them. The Clippers have switchable guys. Dallas, they don't really have that. And when you're losing a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, Dorian Finney-Smith, very versatile defender. He can guard two through four, all right? He's a guy that also can stretch the floor offensively, three-point shots. He has little mid-range. He's, he's a big body, around six seven six eight. So you're losing that. And, yes, you're getting Mar- Markeith Morris back. I always get them confused, Markeith Morris and Marcus Morris's twin. But... He's he's nowhere at his prime at this point. He wasn't really utilized that much in Brooklyn to begin with. Maybe he gets more minutes and maybe he shows some of that two-way potential that we know that he had back in his time. I think it was in Phoenix where he had a good run. But Dorian Finney-Smith, he was the, the Dallas Mavericks' best defender by far. He was their best defender. He was that perimeter guy. So now you're sort of losing your your quote-unquote stopper, I feel like every great NBA team that wants to have a championship run needs to have that type of stopper. You can look back, uh, talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. They had Drew Holiday. Even though he was a guard, he could also play wings. Chris Middleton was solid defensively as well. They had a lot of switchable components there. The Boston Celtics, obviously, they had a plethora of dudes. Tatum, Brown, Two-way wings, Marcus Smart, DPOI. Go back even to Phoenix, went to the finals. Jay Crowder, who keep an eye out on Jay Crowder for this trade deadline. He has not played a single game yet. He's sort of been holding out for for the Phoenix Suns. I'll be interested to see where he goes. I was thinking he would be a perfect fit, a perfect replacement for Dorian Finney Smith on this Dallas Mavericks roster. Maybe he goes to Miami, maybe to Milwaukee. But the Mavericks certainly will need that type of 3 and D guard. I'm assuming 3 and D forward if I think they're going to make a real shot at the finals, even the Western Conference finals. But having said that, would I be surprised at all if this team made it to the NBA finals? Not at all. I would not be surprised one bit. If this Dallas Mavericks team with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving in the backcourt made it to the Western Conference Finals, there's no doubt in my mind they have all the offensive talent in the world. Because let's push aside Kyrie Irving for one second. Luka Doncic alone, what he was able to do last year, bring his team to the Conference Finals. And yes, he had Brunson. Yes, I'm not disputing that whatsoever, Brunson. Great player, borderline all-star for them last year. Should have been all-star this year. No doubt about that. 
But what Luka Doncic is able to do in the postseason, what he's been doing this season, 33 a night, 9 boards, 8 assists, one, one and a half steals. He's doing everything for the team offensively. He's going to increase his uh, use, usage rate, which is already crazy high as it is. I saw it was around 44%. For, that's insane. That's unheard of. That means he has the ball in his hands a lot. He's doing a lot of things on the offensive end. And teams don't have a way to stop him. They're going to have to trap him and double-team him. So it's going to be up to his teammates to make shots. They've shown that at home, guys like Maxi Kleber, Tim Hardaway Jr., formerly Dorian Finney-Smith, but even so, other guys, Davis Bertans, they can hit shots at home in the playoffs. Now, it remains to be seen what this Dallas team seeding will look like. Right now, they're sixth, so they wouldn't have home court advantage in the first, second round, probably throughout the entire playoffs, to be quite honest with you. But when push comes to shove, Luka Doncic can create, he can score, and it's been proven he can make it to a conference finals relatively by himself with Jalen Brunson thrown in there. Now you add Kyrie Irving to that mix. Kyrie Irving, a guy this year that's averaging 27, 5, and 5. A guy that is a master showman. A guy that can score at all three levels with great efficiency, with ease. In the postseason, a lot of times it'll go down half-court offense. You're not going to get those fast-break opportunities as you would in the regular season. It's going to be a lot of, all right, we need a stop. And we need a score. Last two minutes. Now getting a stop, that's going to be a team effort. No doubt about it. But getting a score before Kyrie got here, it was going to be Luka-centric basketball. It was going to be Luka has the ball. They're probably going to end up trapping the, trapping him if the team is smart. And then it would go to someone else. Maybe Reggie Bullock in the corner. Maybe Christian Wood when we need to create something. Spencer Dinwiddie as well. But now... Luca has a guy that can go create his own shot. And you have a great chance of winning ball games with Kyrie Irving's your your closer. We've seen it many, many times before. We've seen it in Brooklyn. We've seen it in Cleveland. Boston to a certain extent. We've seen it as although Boston Kyrie, it was kind of an enigma. <laughs> it was kind of an enigma. But uh Kyrie, man, he makes a big difference. And I know people are going to talk about, yes, the off-court issues. Let's take into account the fact that over the last handful of games, ever since Brooklyn went on that winning streak, it's been quiet. There hasn't been drama in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving. Before this trade, no one was talking about Kyrie Irving in a negative light. It was all like, okay, Kyrie Irving, he's doing his thing. He's an all-star starter. He's averaging 27-5-5, one of the best guards in the NBA. Now, we need to keep that same energy because he's going to come to Dallas. He's going to be the the point guard or shooting guard, whatever you want. He's going to be the guard next to Luka Doncic. It's going to be his and Luka's team now. Now he's in the Western Conference loaded with guards, Seth Curry, Dame, all, all the other guards, CP3, Devin Booker. Kyrie knows that it's time to go. It's time, man. He's on a new team, new situation, playing for a contract. Again, I want to put that into perspective. A lot of guys, when they're playing for a contract year, they're playing their best. They're on their best behavior. 
And Kyrie knows this. He's a smart man. So I believe it's going to be more of the same. Similar numbers for Kyrie. Similar numbers for Luka. This team will be better offensively. Defensively, it remains to be seen. Obviously, when you lose Dorian Finney-Smith, and even Spencer Dinwiddie to a lesser degree, he wasn't necessarily a star defender, but he had length, he had size at the guard position. Kyrie Irving, 6'2", 6'3". Capable defender, yes. Is he going to shift the needle that much defensively? I don't think so. Offensively, yes, no doubt about it. We take all those things into account. It's like, all right, Dallas, you talk about going up against the teams ahead of them. If you had a Dallas-Sacramento series, I love Sacramento. I love their story. Keegan Murray's my guy. I'll always root for him. But I'm taking Dallas in that series. You know, I just think it's hard when you're a Sacramento team that, yes, offensively you're legit. There's no doubt about that. First in points per game. Third in offensive rating. They have all the numbers to back up. This is an explosive nuclear at times offensive team in Sacramento Kings but they also have to guard opponents points per game and defensive rating in the bottom third Luka and Kyrie they might average 30 apiece if this were a series they'll get contributions from others Christian Wood is gonna get some shine I think you talk about Reggie Bullock you talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench if he's off the bench, if he starts, I don't know. Maxi Clipper, there are going to be other contributors on offensive and defensively. They're going to have to hold their own. It'll be close, but I'll take Dallas. The Clippers. Clippers and Luka always have had a thing in the postseason. It's usually been the Clippers that come out, came out on top. Now they have Kyrie. That could go either way. I'm not going to say one team wins over the other. Memphis versus Dallas Mavericks. I don't know. My gut says to tell to say the Grizzlies. Grizzlies are very, very tough. Although as of late they've been struggling. Do I take the Grizzlies? Do I take the Mavericks? Uh toss up, toss up, toss up. And Denver, same thing, toss up. I'm I'm super confident in the fact that Jokic is that dude and they offensively is great. Defensively they're about middle of the pack. Again, that can go either way. What I'm trying to say here is that there's no definitive, okay, this team is better than, than Dallas with, with adding Kyrie Irving. This team is definitively, definitively the best team in the West. And I'll say they can win. There's a bunch of teams that can win the West. And this is no disrespect to Denver. I love Denver. I love what they've done with Jokic, putting nothing but athletes and shooters around him. Allowing him to put his passing on display, his vision, his IQ. I love what they've done with that. I'm a big proponent for Denver Nuggets winning the West. But am I certain that they're going to win the West? No, I'm not certain. What I am certain about is that Dallas adding Kyrie Irving to the mix. That gives Luka Doncic an all-NBA player next to him. A guy that can create his own shot, that can give you 30 on any given night. A guy that has proven to be a clutch scorer, not only in the regular season, but also in the postseason. He's a guy that can score at all three levels. He's a willing passer. 
a willing rebounder at times at the guard position, averages five rebounds a game, a willing defender, and most importantly, he's going to lighten Luka's load on the offensive end, allowing Luka to, you know what, I could chill, I could watch Kyrie, the master that he is on offensive end, I'll watch him go to work. If he needs me, I'm on the wing. I'm spotting up for a three. I'll create on my own time. But now it's not the Luka Doncic show. It's the Luka and Kyrie show. I think that's going to pay dividends for Luka's stamina come postseason time. And it's going to pay dividends for the team as a whole. Because now it's not going to be so, all right, if Luka doesn't have it, what are we doing? Hopefully, this will allow more people to get involved in the offense with Kyrie Irving, especially when it's Kyrie and Luka not on the bench, not on the floor, but Luka's on the bench. I like this trade. I really do. It's going to be interesting come off season if Dallas decides to extend him. I've been hearing that if Dallas does not extend him, they will have a max salary slot so they can go after a big-name free agent. The likes of James Harden, Chris Middleton, Fred Van Vliet, one of those type of guys in this year's free agency pool. So very interesting, very interesting. And for Brooklyn, for the Brooklyn Nets, this trade, you know, it had to be done. I think when you talk about everything that Kyrie Irving has done during his time in this organization, like I mentioned, he's been playing great as of recently, but all the drama, all the locker room stuff, I'm sure management hasn't been fond of him for the better part of three years. 2019, I believe, was the year that they got him in free agency. You talk about, yes, Kevin Durant, that's his dude. But, you know, let bygones be bygones. I think they got a decent haul, especially since a lot of teams knew that Kyrie was available and also that he's looking for a contract extension and just the, the problems, the issues off the court. It could have been worse. Spencer Dinwiddie, borderline all-star type season. We talked about the productivity that he's been putting up on a night-in, night-out basis as that, essentially that Jalen Brunson role, secondary guy, giving you about 18 a night, six assists, three boards. That's great as a starting point guard. I'll take that seven days a week, if I'm being honest with you, especially as a non-all-star type of dude. If I have another guy, to be that star, and that's my next leading score. I'm perfectly happy with that. Kevin Durant, around 30 points per game. When last seen healthy, I'm sure he'll come back and get right to that. Dorian Finney-Smith, like I mentioned before, 3 and D guy. Going to play good defense for you. I, I like that, especially when you talk about the, the other big teams in the Eastern Conference. Talk about Boston, the wing depth that they have. Now you have another wing to throw at Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Derek White, the whole the whole squad. Milwaukee, same thing. Now you have another guy for Chris Middleton once he's healthy. Uh, Joe Ingles, Connaughton, Holiday, even Giannis at some points. So you can help build the wall. For Philly, you know, a guy that can try and slow down James Harden in the postseason. Really smart acquisition for Brooklyn. But this all means nothing if Kevin Durant, within the next few days, requests a trade. And a lot of people have been monitoring the situation. If Kevin Durant were to request a trade, just like how he did in the summertime, 
who's going to be willing to give up what? I saw a tweet earlier saying that Phoenix is all in if Kevin Durant requests a trade. I'm not mad at it. Phoenix, you know, they're at fifth seed right now. Before Devin Booker went hurt, they were a top three seed. I still think that this team can be good. Going back to the finals, you know, like I said, there's no one team definitive. I cannot speak. It's been a long day. Definitively, that's going to be like, all right, you're the best team in the West. Everybody else move out the way. It's not like that. So, if there's a trade in place to maybe get DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, and a few first, maybe Jay Crowder, Drummond too, and a first or a second for Kevin Durant, I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever if Phoenix Suns pulled the trigger on that the second Kevin Durant becomes available. And that instantly makes the the duo of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant one of the best duos in the league. That also puts Brooklyn in a rebuilding phase that they two to three years ago were not expecting to be in. They were expecting to be contending for championships until... 2026, 2027, whatever, because of the talent that they had acquired in Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. That era, unfortunately, too, like, let's let's talk about that for a second, just like how disappointing this era of the Brooklyn Nets has been. You had Kyrie Irving, one of the most talented offensive players in NBA history, the best ball handler. I'm not, you know, you can throw in Allen Iverson, you can throw in Steph Curry, Isaiah Thomas. There's a bunch of names that you can throw in there. Kyrie Irving's the best ball handler in NBA bar none. I'm sorry. Not a debate for me. You have him. You have James Harden, one of the best scorers in NBA history, an MVP of this league. Also a six man of this year during time in OKC. A guy that can put the ball in the basket who later in his career has become an amazing facilitator, one of the best point guards there is in the NBA. And then Kevin Durant, a top 30, 25 player, depending on who you ask, of all time. When it's all said and done, one of the best scorers in NBA history, an MVP, a two-time champion, a two-time finals MVP. For those three players to be on the same team at the same time, and not even have a finals berth to to go along with that. That is sad. That is disappointing from an NBA fan's perspective. And it's just, wow, you know. No one could have predicted that. The number one offense in NBA history for a stretch. That's, that's what the Brooklyn Nets were when those three were playing. I forget the number. Was it like, what, 12, 13 games that they all played together? One of the craziest what-ifs in NBA history. And somehow, some way, Kevin Durant and James Harden are part of two of the greatest what-ifs in NBA history. Because you got to go back to Oklahoma City when James Harden left for Houston. What if James Harden stayed with Westbrook and Durant? Or if they just built Harden, what was it, like a $2 million, $3 million difference or signing Sergi Baca, something along those lines, what if they stayed together? That's kind of wild having that on your resume. Could have been a dynastic team twice, but didn't go through. Some One thing or another led 
to them not being able to keep the core together. And now for Kevin Durant, very interesting. Does he request a trade? Does he think that Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith are going to help him reach another championship? I just don't see without another star, all-NBA type of dude, in the Eastern Conference where you have the Jays on Boston, you have Embiid, who's an MVP candidate, James Harden, the all-NBA guard, Maxi, the blossoming star, Cleveland with Donovan Mitchell, Garland, the whole crew, Mobley, uh, Jared Allen. Even going on the list, Miami's getting hot now. They're one, they're the best defense when you talk about opponents' points per game. They're always a tough out in the postseason. Does Kevin Durant and the Nets have enough to really contend in the Eastern Conference? That's something that remains to be seen. That's something that certainly going to have to keep your eye on as the trade deadline approaches. What trades will be made, if any, by Brooklyn, if they're going to shop that 2029 unprotected pick and some of the other picks that Brooklyn has acquired over their time. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what Brooklyn does. But at the end of the day, Dallas, they made a move. They, they made a risk. This is definitely a risk that may pay off. They may make it to the conference finals. They may make it to the NBA finals. But getting Kyrie Irving apparently has been a risk for the last handful of years. But Mark Cuban, the whole marriage organization, was willing to take that willing to take that risk because they know that Kyrie Irving is that dude on the offensive end, a special talent. And when you have a guy like Luka Doncic, who looks to be one of the all-time greats in his, in his fifth year, that has to count for something. You have to make a move. have to show him that he's committed. The organization is committed to him getting talent around him to be successful. And that's what the Dallas Mavericks did. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Hey, man, we did two episodes in, what, two, three days? This is a record for 2023. Trying to keep this consistency up, man. There's a lot going on in the NBA. There's a lot of things happening. Been a lot of things happening, but I'm really trying to keep the consistency up as best as I can. And, of course, Kyrie Irving on the move. That's not only a big move for NBA fans, but it's just, just big news for me in general. I'm always a Kyrie Irving guy. I always say he was one of the main reasons I even got into basketball as a fan. The amazing things he can do on the court. Spectacular skill level, scoring ability, ball handling, finishing. The whole package offensively can't go wrong. One of the most offensively skilled players in the game ever. Point blank period. So I have to get all my get my takes out on that. But please make sure to share this to a family, friends. Rate this five stars so we can move up on the algorithm. And that's all I got today, guys. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Until next time, take care.